We're, we're talking about thriving even when we doubt. And doubt is a normal part of the Christian life. If you are going to be serious about your faith, you're, you're going to have times of doubt. And what we're doing in this season, in this series, is we're looking at some of the little books of the Old Testament and we're, we're investigating the big truths that they provide for us. We began in Habakkuk last week. Uh, next week, we're gonna be in Esther. But today, we're in Lamentations. What Lamentations does for us, uh, among many things, it, it helps us uh, to understand the importance to believe God. Not just believe in God. To believe God. There is a significant difference between believing in God and believing God. The demons believe in God. It says in James chapter 2, verse 19, you believe that God is one, you do well. Even demons believe and shudder. They, they believe in God, but they don't believe God. They believe in this, this one who is the Almighty, uh, but, but they don't believe him for promises, for truth. See, if you believe in God, all you have to do is assume the obvious. If you believe God, it requires you to trust and obey. Believing God leads to action. The, the size of our belief is entirely dependent upon the object of our belief. If, if you want to have great faith, you're going to need a great object of that faith. I, I, I love to hear Tony Evans preach, and, and he shares a story pretty regularly about, about his wife who went to be with the Lord just a couple of years ago. He was going to speak uh, at, at an engagement and she was going to go with him and, until she found out that they were not going to be taking a, a large airplane. They found out that they were going to be taking a, a smaller uh, uh, kind of a personal jet. And she said, I'm not going. And he said, well, well, where's your faith? Don't you have enough faith? She said, oh, I have plenty of faith. You just don't have enough plane." So then there was a change right before they were about to go and they ended up not getting the, the private jet. They had to go on commercial. And she said, oh, I'm going. He said, oh, your faith grew? She said, no, your plane grew. <laughs> See, what you believe in, in what you believe, it, it really, the size of it depends on the object itself. To say you believe God is to, is to say a lot. See, when our doubts are bigger than our God, our doubts will drive our thoughts and affections. But when we believe in the God of the Bible and we believe how big he is, that will drive our thoughts and affections that will ultimately determine how we live our lives. Now, most people in this room, not everybody, but most believe in God. But here's the question I, I want to encourage you to wrestle with this morning. Do you believe God? Do you believe God is bigger than your greatest burden that is causing your doubt? Our text helps us understand how big God is. And it helps us understand why it is we can believe God even when we doubt. If you've got your Bible, and I hope that you do, let's go to Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentation, Lamentations chapter 3. And, and Chase is going to come and read for us verses 21 through 26. Let's all stand together in honor of God's word. Again, we're in Lamentations chapter 3. Um, there, are, there are things in, in these five verses that you probably knew were in the Bible. You just didn't know where. We just sang a song about uh, the contents of these verses we're about to read. If you're looking for something to memorize in, in this season of the year, let me recommend to you and to your family these verses. This is Lamentations chapter 3. Uh, Chase, read verse 21 through 26. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. 
The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore I will have hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should be wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chase. Thank you for reading that, brother. If you would go ahead and be seated and pray now for the preaching of God's word. Lamentations is probably not in your top five favorite books of the Bible. The, the title alone is enough to scare you. Interestingly, the, the Hebrew title, the, the English title is not the same as the Hebrew title. In the Hebrew Bible, the title is Ekah. It means How? So if you look at verse one, it speaks to the, the pain of the suffering of the people. How, oh God, you know, and, and begins to outline the trouble and the hurt. And what, what Lamentations basically is, it's five interwoven poems that, that collectively speak to the pain of people who have suffered unbelievable loss. This is, this is the account of someone who is not hearing about it. This is a person who's experienced it. This is a person who has experienced great turmoil and pain. This is not, a, this is not some emotional kind of let loose moment. So as you're reading Lamentations, you'll never get the feeling that this is a person who's freaking out. This is not a person that's just, just vomiting emotion. This is a person who has taken their time to consider what they've been through and what they believe. And they've written it down under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and given it to us. And this, this book is very helpful because here's what I know about time on this planet. It's gonna cause us pain. It's gonna be filled with difficulty. Yes, there's many blessings. Yes, there's so many good things that God brings in this life, but we know that this world is not as it should be. And so long as we are here, there are going to be trials and challenges. And these things produce doubts. And again, God has a purpose for doubts. God uses them to grow our faith, to strengthen our resolve, to, to walk in him. And what this book helps us to do is to believe God. All of our suffering and all of our pain comes from one of three sources, either our sin, someone else's sin, or the nature of this sinful world. But when we're going through it and we're feeling it, we've got to have something to believe. And what we believe will determine everything about our lives and how we exist. And so today I wanna to give you four confessions. What our verses provide are four confessions that you need to know and that you, you need to say to yourself, to your soul every single day. And so take note and remember, when doubt comes, and let's begin with this statement. This is not necessarily just a note. It's just a, it's just a, a confession that, that begins all the others. When doubt comes, I will believe. Start there. Start by choosing to believe God, to believe God's word, to believe what he has done and who he is. Lamentations, look at verse 21, chapter 3, 21. But this I call to mind. What what, what, the, what the writer is saying is, I'm focusing on God. I'm, I'm, I'm calling to mind the greatness of my God. Therefore, I have hope. Now, verses 19 and 20, he's, confession is, he's confessing his travail, but he comes to this, this very uh, important 
hinge verse. And, and now there is a, cha- a transformation and change, taking his eyes off of the things that are causing the doubt and now putting them squarely on God himself. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Friends, here's what you're doing with, with your belief, and, and all of us have belief. You are either allowing your circumstances and your feelings to drive your belief, which is going to lead you to, to act on short-term benefit analysis, which will ultimately cost you, or you're going to choose to believe God and allow God to define what your circumstances and what your pain is all about, which will press you forward in the goodness of God and the power of what he can accomplish. But this I call to mind, therefore I have hope. When when doubt comes, we've got to choose to believe God and to make these confessions. Here's the first confession. Confess, when doubt comes... I will believe God's steadfast love more than my pain. I will believe God's steadfast love more than my pain. Your your pain will scream at you. A a few weeks ago, I was running in the morning. It was dark and I I was going to cross the street and I didn't see it. I stepped in a hole and I, I twisted my ankle and I fell out in the middle of the street and I was so glad no cars were coming and I I hopped up real fast and I got back on the sidewalk and I said, because I'm a man, I'm going to walk this off. Truth is, I cried it off because it hurt so bad. I got home and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm in so much trouble. I took that shoe off and whoo, it was a beaut. And it, it, it screamed to me. It screamed to give it attention. It screamed every time I stood up to walk on it. That's what pain does. It screams. You know what the love of God does? It whispers. The love of God whispers. So you have to lean in to hear. You have to be very intentional uh, uh, about taking the time to, to know that God is there and to hear what he has to say. Your pain's going to scream. God's love is going to whisper. But here's what you can know about God's love. His love is steadfast. The steadfast love of the Lord. Understand God's love does not change because it's based on his covenant, not our behavior. God's love is not dependent upon your behavior. He's not going to love you any more in heaven than he does right now. He's never loved you more right now than he ever has. On your worst day, God loves you the same as he does on your best day. Because God's love is not dependent upon our behavior, but his covenant. The covenant he has made with himself in Jesus Christ. God's love is dependent upon the blood of Jesus. And the blood of Jesus has been shed. And the victory has been won over the grave. That's a fact that will not change. Therefore, God's love will not change. The love of the Lord, it is steadfast. The steadfast love of the Lord, look at this, never ceases. It does not cease because it is from the eternal one. It is from God and nothing will separate us from that love. Romans 8, you need to know this one. Romans 8, 37 and 39. Know in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. No matter what, we can overcome doubt because of God's love. 
that love that nothing can separate us from, God's love that is unchanging. Listen, pain's gonna come, and it may be a big thing or a little thing. It can be as big as the loss of a person you love. We regularly celebrate lives that have been lost here. And whether it's a young life or an old life, whether it's a child or a grandparent or a spouse or a friend, the pain is real. The pain uh, that many who, who love our nation that we're grieving today in the deconstruction and the, the loss of, of, a, of a respect and love for God, I doubt very seriously that there's any going back. There's probably nothing we can do. At this point, if God does not revive his church and awaken dead people to life in Christ, all will be lost. And, and that's painful to say. And those are big things, the death of a nation, the death of loved ones, but it's even the, the little things. The, the loss of little things can get us all torn up. How many of you are old enough to remember New Coke? Show your hands. Remember, New Coke, remember that? How many of y'all like New Coke? Nobody. Proves my point right there. We didn't need no New Coke. Why? And, and people got mad. Some of y'all remember this. It was like, it was like hostile world all of a sudden. New Coke. So y'all remember what they came out with? Classic Coke. Who likes classic Coke? Who still likes classic Coke? Praise God. Amen. That's right. Well, you know, it's funny. You got these two things that were going on, but it was amazing to watch people get hostile and mad over a soft drink. Have you ever gotten mad over something and gotten home and was like, well, maybe I overdid it on that one a little bit. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't have got so riled up over that. That was maybe too far. I should probably, I should probably call them back and tell them I'm sorry. That's, that's not true about them or their family, but I just, I'm sorry. <laughs> But it's, you know, it can be these big things, it can, be, it can be small things, but when we're in the middle of those things and we put our focus there, it controls us. It drives us. But if we can confess that we believe God's steadfast love more than our pain, we can be free. Friends, make that confession. Hold that confession. Believe. Second confession. When doubt comes, I will believe God's new mercies more than my despair. I will believe God's new mercies more than my despair. Look at verse 22 and 23. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The devil has two plans for you. Pride or despair. And, and his goal is to get you off of the way of truth, of, of that place where you believe God. Now, what he would prefer is pride. The devil loves pride because it, it causes us to denounce and embarrass God. And then, well, a fall always follows pride. Pride becomes before the fall. And so seeing us splat into that ditch of, of pain and suffering delights the devil. Now, he would prefer pride, but he'll take despair. If the, if the enemy can't get us to fall into pride, then he will lead us into despair and he'll get us to fall into that gutter of despair rather than to walk in that path where we believe God. Now, when you fall into despair, all you can do is look up. What you look up to will determine everything about your life. 
If you're looking up and, you're, and, and, you're, you're, and your first thought is, God, I'm going to do better, you'll never get out of despair. See, and that's, that's where some of you are right now. You're in despair and what you're telling God is, God, I'm going to do better. But here's what you know about yourself. No sooner have you done better that you fall into either pride or despair once again. Because you think so much of yourself that you take your eyes off of God or you fall into that sin or to a new sin that leads you to despair, which is right where the devil wants you. Where should we look? Friends, when you're down, look to the mercies of God. They are new every morning. Great is the faithfulness of God. This week, I I heard a story about a lady in our church who had suffered a number of miscarriages. And when she found out once again that she was pregnant, she was so excited, but very reserved. At six weeks, all was well. 10 weeks, the doctor said, this is good. 14 weeks, all is good. 16 weeks, 18 weeks. And on week 20, the doctor came in with tears in his eyes and said, I am so sorry. Once again, that pain, all over again, that pain. But God had been so good to her. He had led her to purchase this token, this remembrance. And it wasn't something she'd really thought through. It's just something that she'd gotten. And so as she went home and as she dealt with the loss, She found new mercies every morning in a very simple thing that gave her hope. Friends, I don't know what kind of tokens that God has given to you. He's given me a precious wife. He's given me a loving church. He's given me his word and his spirit. He has given me so many tokens that remind me every single day that his mercies are new each morning. Great is his faithfulness. Friends, what are the tokens that God has given to you to remind you that his mercies are new each morning? How often are you ignoring and not honoring those great gifts? How often have you taken advantage and then turned away as though they didn't matter? Friends, God's mercies are new each morning for those who will look for them. His mercies are new each morning for those who will lean in with open eyes and say, I believe God's new mercies more than my despair. Third confession. When doubt comes, I will believe God's sufficiency more than my limits. I will believe God's sufficiency. The sufficiency is the the fullness of of the completeness of of all that that will be need. God's sufficiency for uh, more than my limits. Look at verse 24. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. You know, all good things come in portions. Things that are really good, that are important to us, we know the amount that that we have of them. You know, there's going to be a lot of boys and girls in in probably two weeks from tonight. They're going to be going and they're going to be getting a a lot of candy. And they're going to be measuring portions. Some of you are going to get these little bags of M&Ms and they are little bags And if you don't like them, you know who does. (laughs) And those little bags are good. But you know what I like? I like the king size myself. 
The king saw, again, this is just public service announcement. I'm just sharing this with you from, from my heart. This is good, but can I show you what I got this week? Little did I know, not only do they come in king size, they come in buckets now. <laughs> Praise God, bucket form. And so Christmas is around the corner. If you're just wondering, man, M&Ms in bucket form. Can I get an amen? It's good stuff. Good stuff comes in portions. And when it comes to things like that, we need to know portions. One of, one of my favorite missionaries, one of the pastors that we support is the, is the pastor of Living Hope Greece. He is, uh, he is an Iraqi who came to saving faith in Jesus Christ. And he's one of the pastors that, that we have ordained that God is using to raise up other pastors that are planting churches all over Europe today. Uh, one of the things that makes me laugh about him is this brother loves to eat. And I remember two years ago, we were on a treat and a trip and we were going to plan a retreat. And there were guys from all over, not only Europe, but there were folks that had come in from Iran and Iraq and I believe Afghanistan. And we were having a very significant training meeting, time of prayer, three days, big deal. And I remember Pastor Will was talking to him about the retreat and all that was going to happen. But he had one significant question he continued to raise up. He said, but brother, what about the food? <laughs> he said, I'm hearing of many, many people coming. What about the food? Will there be enough food? And so we, Pastor Will was like, yeah, there's going to be plenty. Don't worry about that. And then we got into the talk. We started praying. We, Amen. Okay, brother, but the food? <laughs> he was worried about the portions. He wanted to make sure there, there was enough. What, what does it say in our scripture? Look at verse 24. The Lord is my portion. What is, what is the Lord's portion? Ephesians chapter one, verse three. You need to know this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. What's, what's the portion? Every spiritual blessing. Not some spiritual blessings. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Everything that we need to overcome our doubts. Everything we need to overcome any and every circumstance that we may face. Everything we need, Christ has provided. This is the Lord's portion. But some here, many of God's children are not hungry for the Lord's portion. Because we've spoiled our appetite. We're all hungry for meaning. We're all hungry for love. We're all hungry to have life experiences that matter. And so what do many people do? They go and eat the world's junk. I'm going to go make money. I'm going to go be successful. I'm going to have power, pleasure, popularity, possessions, the four P's of idolatry. And there's no, there's no appetite for God. Here's what C.S. Lewis says in, in, his, in his great work, The Weight of Glory. It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea, we are far too easily pleased. Friends, if you're filling your life with the world's junk you will not be hungry for the goodness of God. And when the pain comes and the hard times happen, that which you have supplied yourself will fail. But the Lord's portion never will. 
And so that's why you must daily make this, this confession. God's sufficiency more than our limits. I believe God's sufficiency more than my limits. Fourth, confess. When doubts come, I will believe God's promise more than my struggles. I will believe God's promise. Verse 25. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. God's promise comes in God's timing. God is never early, but he's never late. God shows up at just the right time. And his blessing is is always what we need. It comes in his timing. In the Bible, there are so many examples. I want to challenge you to go and, 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 and research some of these examples. Examples of people who did not wait for God's timing, like Abraham with Hagar, the book of Genesis. Go and study that and look at the horrific consequences that came because the man did not believe God. Go back and, and read in 1 Samuel when, when Saul, he was unwilling to wait for Samuel to show, to provide the offering. Instead, he took matters into his own hands and decided he knew better than God. The effects were horrific. Go and read 2 Timothy 4. Look what happened to Alexander. Look what happened to Demas. They abandoned God for the things of this world because they were not willing. They could not believe God. To believe God that his promise was sure more than their struggles. God's timing is right. Friends, in order, in order to experience the blessing of God, you've got to be looking for it. And when the time comes, you've got to be ready to receive it. Now, here's my fear for so many of, of our congregation. Our hands are so full of worldly things. When the things of God come to us, we don't have hands to receive Friends, the reason why God often allows pain and problems is to release the things that are in our hands so that we can receive what God wants to give us in his time. Friends, if the Lord's, if it was the Lord's timing today to bring, to bring an eternal blessing to your life, could you receive it? Or are your hands too full of worldly things? Is your mind too caught up and the things of this world that you could actually perceive that God, that his promise is is coming true. I I was sharing Christ with a man my age, and I I shared my three-part testimony, which every member of Living Hope, you all, everyone needs to be trained in three circles and three big things, and you need to be sharing your three-part story with your family and your friends regularly. They should be able to tell your story by now. I shared my story and this man said this. He said, it would have been nice if I could have come to faith at such an early age like you did. But now a man my age, I I can't turn to God. (laughs) I said, bro, we're old, but we're not dead. I said, you're at halftime. There's still opportunity. No, no. And he, he will not receive. He will not repent and believe the gospel. You want to know why? Because he doesn't believe God's promise. You know why some of you are stuck right now in a marriage that won't heal, in a family system that's broken, 
in a lifestyle that is causing you pain and heartache, in, in, a, in a place of unforgiveness for others, in a, in a place where, where you feel weakened constantly? Because you won't believe God's promise. God has promised that he can forgive any sin, that he, he can heal any wound, that he can restore what has been lost, that he can heal every hurt. Do you believe? Do you believe God? Do you believe God's promise more than your struggle? See, here's what's happening to some of you. You're just seeing the struggle and there's where your your heart and mind are focused and you're defeated. And I'm gonna tell you, you're gonna destroy your marriage. You're gonna hurt your kids. You're gonna mess up your life. Friends, get your eyes on God. Look to the promise of his word. He has promised that he will forgive anyone who repents and believes. He has promised that he will strengthen you and restore you. He has promised that he will be with you always to the very end of the age, that he will never forget you, that he will be all that you ever need. Do you believe? Some of you need to believe and you need to do that right now. So let's stand together. And as we stand, can I have our care leaders to come forward? They are here to talk with you at the end of the service after we're done praying. And I want to encourage you to come and speak with them. But first, let's, let's, let's do an analyzation of our lives. And let me encourage you to consider something. Let's do that in prayer. Let's pray. Father, speak to us now and give freedom. God, there are some who are overwhelmed with their doubt. Would you today bring them healing, wholeness? For some of you, that will require you to tell the truth to God. And here's the truth. You're a sinner. But God loves you and died for your sin. And if you will ask him, he will forgive you. So give God glory and make the devil a liar. And right now, tell God, God, I have sinned but I believe Jesus died to pay for that sin and that Jesus is alive and ask Jesus to forgive you and to live in your life and for you to be free to live in him. And friends, you will get a new life. If you prayed that, that's just the beginning. These leaders are here at the front to speak with you. Some of you, you have repented and believed the gospel, but if you're honest, you're not living a thriving life. You're defeated. Some of you have given up. Repent. Repent and renew your faith commitment to Christ and tell him that you're going to believe the promise, but you need help with your unbelief. Ask him right now to strengthen your belief, to forgive you for unbelief, and to renew, to renew your heart and faith in Christ. Ask him for help. Ask him for specific help with a doubt that you have, with a pain that you can't overcome. Ask him specifically for that help. Father, we thank you for your provision and for your power. We thank you for the gift of love and for the steadfast love that never ceases, for the portion that is ours in Christ and for the promise that you are going to provide. Lord, thank you. And may we have that blessing May we leave with that blessing 
we ask in Christ's name. Amen.